This is Shoot It Straight. Hi, and welcome to Shoot It Straight, the podcast created by beginner golfers for beginner golfers. My name is Jackson Palmersheim, and on today's episode, we will touch on the topic of golf balls and how much of a difference your choice of ball can have on your final score. We also interview professional golfers college student Owen Shapiro. Owen joins us to tell us what it's like being a student, talking about his daily routine, and he also gives us some insight and tips on developing one's game, as well as touching on the topic of how to choose a golf ball. Choosing a golf ball. So this is a topic that we have been mulling over the past couple weeks in anticipation for this episode, and when it comes to choosing a golf ball, I know that before I'm starting either 9 or 18 holes, I'm probably going to buy about 6 to 7 of those $1 to $2 jar balls that they have at the front desk. Being a beginner golfer, I know I'm going to lose a golf ball. It's a part of the game. You just have to live with it. There's going to be those shots that go straight in the water or right into the woods where you're searching for it for 15 minutes. It's not worth it. Just drop a new one and keep going. But when it came to hitting the ball, I do notice that there is a bit of a difference between the various balls, especially if it's a jar ball versus something like a Pro V1. But when it comes to choosing the golf ball that's right for you, I've learned that it's best to not focus on my swing speed and how hard and how far I hit my driver. What you really want to do is pick a ball based on your needs from the green back to the tee box. So start with what you want around the green and the various things that come into play and start from there. So if we are working from the green back to the tee, the first thing I want to take into account is my putters and how I'm hitting my short game. And one thing that comes into play with that is the feel of a golf ball. Depending on how you like a golf ball, there's different kinds of factors with the feel that comes into it. You can either have a more softer or harder golf ball. I personally prefer a ball on the softer side just for my putter. When it comes to a harder golf ball, I feel like the ball seems to be a bit clicky when it comes off the putter and I don't have too much control over my shot. With the softer golf ball for me, I feel like I'm able to get more of a feel when it hits my my club head and I can have a bit more of control on the direction of it as well. So in my personal opinion, something softer works best for me. But again, this is all up to personal opinion and how you best hit the golf ball. So in your case, a harder golf ball might feel better for you from your short game. Once you've taken that into account with the feel of the golf ball, working our way back from the green, next is how do we play our wedges and how much does spin come into account with my play? So if you're hitting your wedges, do you rely on spin to stop the ball close to the hole or Do you like to land short and sort of release it to the hole? Depending on what you want, if you want something that spins more, you're going to want to get a golf ball that is covered in urethane. These are going to be on the more expensive side, but these are going to be the golf balls such as your Pro V1s, your Z-Stars. A lot of the tour preferred golf balls are going to be urethane covered. But with these golf balls, they are shown to have a lot more spin when you hit it. Depending on you, on how you play, you may want to get a urethane-covered golf ball just because you maybe need something that has a bit more spin. If that isn't too much of a factor for you, then most of the other golf balls aren't going to be urethane-covered and are going to have a pretty average spin rate. But depending on how you play your game, that's how you're going to make the decision there. 
So once I have my wedges into account, the next club that you're going to want to take a look at is your irons and how you hit those. And depending on what you narrowed your choices down to with both the feel and spin, the next thing you're going to want to take in consideration when you're hitting your irons is your launch. So you want to ask yourself, do I have a tendency to hit the ball higher and I want to flatten out the ball mid-flight? Or do you have a bit of a lower shot and you want some help with trajectory and getting it a bit higher? If you want to get a golf ball that launches higher and you're finding that to be a problem with your game, you're going to want to get a golf ball that has a bit of a lower compression number. So this pretty much means that it's going to help compress the ball with your irons and help your launch conditions if you have something with a lower compression number. I know for me... I have a bit of an issue with my launch angle, so I am going to use something that has a bit of a lower compression angle just so I feel like I'm getting the maximum launch off my irons. Once you have that into consideration, when it comes to the golf ball and your driver and how much it affects it, for me, it doesn't really factor too much into my golf ball choice because I'm not hitting my driver every single hole, whereas my putter wedges and irons are going to be huge for me every single hole. So when we take all that to account, you want to start with the feel and spin for your short game. For me, I like a softer golf ball, but I also need something that spins a bit more. So I may narrow myself down to a urethane cover ball. So depending on your choices there, it's going to narrow down your choices to possibly a urethane-covered ball. So that's going to be your V1s, your Z-Stars, any of the tour preferred balls there. But after you have your feel and spin picked out, you're going to look at your irons and see, do I need to launch a bit more or keep it a bit lower? And that's going to have a bit of an effect on your game as well. And then your driver, just depending on how you really hit it. I know I have a lot of slice in my driver and I don't have a whole lot of spin. I might pick a ball that's going to, you know... Go a bit lower and not spin as much. Now, I'm not here to tell you what golf ball to buy because at the end of the day, this all comes down to your personal choice and how you feel you play. If you want to pick out a good golf ball, I recommend possibly just buying a couple sleeves of different golf balls. And then if your course has a chipping green, which it should have, or a putting green, Possibly go there and just test it out a bit and see what the feel is between the balls. There might be a bit of a placebo effect even with some of the golf balls, but it all comes down to your personal choice with how you feel. For me, at the end of the day, my favorite golf ball personally to use is the Callaway Super Softs. They feel great off my irons and they are a softer ball, so it's going to help with my putting and my short game. The also nice thing about the Super Soft Sue is they come in a variety of colors. So you can get your normal white golf balls, but they also have green, yellow, pink, all kinds of just crazy random colors. And I know it helps me because if I hit a golf ball into the rough, it's going to be a hell of a lot easier to find if it's some sort of color versus a white golf ball. And coming up next is our interview with Owen Shapiro. Hello, everybody. You're listening to Shoot It Straight, the podcast created by beginners golfers for beginner golfers. Today, I am joined by my friend Owen Shapiro. He's currently a senior at the Professional Golfers College in Temecula, California. Owen, thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks, bud. Yeah, if I just want to start it off, I just want to ask you a little bit about what it's like being at a professional golfers college. So if you just want to tell us a little about 
what your, you know, weekly routines are, just kind of what the curriculum it consists of, and just kind of tell us what it's like going to professional golfers college. Yeah, sure. It's actually it's pretty similar to many other colleges. Uh, you know, it's it's a specified degree, so it's a golf management degree. I'm taking classes purely based on that. A lot of other kind of miscellaneous classes. For sure. For example, like I'm taking like psychology. You regular like uh, gen eds kind of marketing, you know? mm-hmm. gen ed like kind of classes, and it's a good time. The classes are great. I have two a day. Monday through Friday. They're all different. They're all 10 classes, different classes a semester. Mm -hmm. And it's a two-year program. So I've decided to go straight through it. I did school in the summer. I started in the fall of 2021. Mm -hmm. And now I'm in the fall of 2022, ready to get out of there. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. With a degree, the main kind of golf management courses I'm taking there is like golf operations, kind of like learning how to work and run a golf shop. And most of these classes are kind of pushed towards going to like an assistant professional position mm-hmm. or a head professional position. Mm-hmm. There are other classes too, like types of golf teaching and so you're both History learning like the in, yeah the intricacies of it as well as yeah. you know the yeah. business side of golf because at the end of the day golf is a very lucrative business it is expensive oh, to play yeah. and there's money to be made in that business so that's pretty interesting oh, totally that was one of my driving factors coming here I started playing golf when I was really young and my grandpa kind of got me into the game and I was fortunate enough to have the swing down before COVID and mm-hmm. have being a a low single digit handicap before covid hit is that part of the requirements having a low handicap at the school yeah no the school's kind of broken down into different tiers there's like the championship tier then there's like the a class and like the b class Mm -hmm. i finished about i'm a one handicap right now so i'm towards the top but i finished sixth something i dream of that's awesome yeah so it's definitely fun. I mean, it's competitive. It's super competitive, but there are guys there who are just starting to learn golf, but they mm-hmm. want to get into the industry because of the huge mm-hmm. uh, shoot up that golf has seen in popularity mm-hmm. uh, over the past couple of years. And I definitely took witness to that. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to take full advantage of it just with the demand of people who are trying to learn how to play For golf sure. and getting into golf and whatnot. For sure. It's yeah. awesome. So in a given week, how often do you find yourself playing? Well, I have aspirations to play at a high level competitively. So like right now I'm kind of, I'm training with a, a coach at a golf club down in uh, Temecula, mm-hmm. up in Temecula, should I say. He took golf pretty seriously when he was young, kind of like me. He ended up playing on the Canadian tour for a long time. And awesome. He's kind of taken me under his wing a little bit. Uh, which I really appreciate. I think that's it was super nice of him to kind of witness. It was almost like a movie, a movie kind of moment. Awesome. Like someone always kind of wishes to happen. But yeah, I'm basically I'm I'm playing golf, getting lessons from him once a week, but playing golf around five days a week, whether that's on the course or on the range or short range or putting sure. green. Mainly putting green because I. That's what the that's what's stopping me from getting to that next level, basically. So, I'm sure. playing about five days a week, which is crazy because I'm also balancing two jobs, which is uh, 
you know. I mean, someone could say you're living the dream. I mean, I wish I could get out to the course five times, you know, a week. Um, I'm I'm lucky if I can get out maybe once or twice. So it sounds like, yeah, yeah, it sounds like you're already living the golfer's dream there. So then you, I know you were talking about the classes a little bit. So do you have classes where you're, you know, going out on the course and whatnot or going out to like the range and you're getting lessons there or is it mainly like a classroom setting and then you try to translate it to, you know, on the course on your own? So early on in my schooling, there was obviously COVID and we went a month online and people were hesitant to get back on another course and do like classes out there. But for sure, in my last two semesters, I've been out on the course a lot. Actually, we do classes where we learn different techniques in golf and we practice those out on the range, kind of like what you were talking about. Mm -hmm. And we also learn how to teach out there on the golf course and i'm currently teaching we do free lessons for the public just so we can get kind of like some teaching experience under our belts so i'm actually out on the course for class a good amount that's Um, awesome it's it's really nice because uh the morning obviously for people who don't know mornings at a golf course is maybe like one of the best parts about golf beautiful Get the sun coming up. I mean, yeah, it's quiet usually too. It's yeah, super quiet. It's the yeah. best. Yeah, that's awesome. It sounds like you're a part of a really unique experience. You know, becoming yeah. a, a possible professional golfer. So I think that's just extremely interesting. And it's also a side that some golfers might not know really exists too. That there is a college for it, and there is this really lucrative business side that people are solely interested in going into. So I think you bring up a lot of cool points there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, kind of breaking off, I know you sort of mentioned it too, that your grandfather helped you get into the game of golf. Was there anything else that sort of kept golf as like a driving factor in your life or anything? Or was it just kind of your own interest there? I mean, honestly, all beginner golfers know, right? They all know like the feeling, like the addiction feeling mm-hmm. of golf, right? Like it mm-hmm. takes one good shot out of hundreds of bad shots to go back and pay a crazy amount of money to go play golf for four hours. Like it, for me, it was just my grandpa. I was fortunate enough to have grandparents who were members at a country club in Chicago. So I got to take a little bit of advantage of that privilege as a kid, which basically got me into it pretty heavily. Mm -hmm. And then once I was around 12 years old, my grandparents left the country club and that's when I started competing in Illinois junior golf association events or IJGA events mm-hmm. and like continuing to play in that. It just got competitive for me. I never took golf competitively until I like got into middle school. And the passion practically. Oh yeah. And then just like I played basically just golf and hockey and baseball and hockey and baseball were my two mm-hmm. competitive sports, you know. And once I found out you can be competitive in golf, I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. This is fun. You brought yeah. up a, a really good point, too, with, like, the emotions of golf. Because I feel like golf is sort of unique in that way where the emotions, like, you can reach the, the highest of highs. And you don't need to be, you know, some sort of superstar athlete. It's one of those sports where you're any kind of person can hit some sort of shot. I remember the yeah. first, I remember, you know, when I hit like a 30 foot putt for the first time and, you know, running around a green and the emotion I had there, like <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, I think it's it's something unique with that too, and it's definitely you know able to hook people into the sport. Yeah, um, you know, it's great. Yeah, yeah, and then this is kind of a vague question, just because I know you've been golfing for so long, but. If you think about it, was there anything specific that helped you really develop your game? Was there anything that really clicked for you that kind of led you to grow your game and sort of elevate it from where it once was? Yeah, professional help uh, is definitely the only way to truly develop, I believe. I took few lessons in my life, some from my grandfather, who I would consider a professional just because of his age and like how long he's, my grandfather started the DePaul golf team or helped start it. So he's, he's been around the game Mm -hmm. for a very long time. So he gave me like my first lessons and then I slowly moved on with more teachers, a couple more teachers after that, uh, that really just got my swing to a point where I was making consistent contact. And it's hard to do that without any help or listening to your buddy who has been playing golf for only a year longer than you, you know, there's a lot of people out there who will think they know what they're talking about, for um, sure. but actually don't and could hurt you. So my best advice for that would to be, if you're truly seeking to just be better at golf, or if you just want to play for fun on the weekends, like, yeah, sure. Listen to what your buddy says. Maybe it'll work for you. But if you really want to get better at golf, I'd seek, help professionally mm-hmm. uh, from then on you can take the things that they tell you and make it your own you I know everyone's swing is yeah. different I completely yeah. agree with that I remember when I first started getting into it I you know was trying to get a swing down wasn't making consistent contact YouTube videos would help you can watch and fix some small parts of your game through YouTube yeah, videos. Yeah, yeah, but totally. after getting one-on-one assistance and having someone actually look at my individual swing and see what I was doing wrong and the areas where I can improve mm-hmm. that helped me tremendously and helped kind of build off what I've previously learned. And I saw myself using that when I hit the course later that week. So I think that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, Professional help. It may be expensive, but in this sport, having someone being able to analyze it for you is a huge, a huge advantage. Yeah. And definitely do research on the person who you'd be getting lessons from because there are some really good players out there Mm -hmm. who become teachers those people don't necessarily know how to articulate what they're saying so exactly it's also very important to do research on who you're going to get a teach uh, a lesson from yeah only because there are there are some guys out there who are just trying to make a quick buck and yeah. don't really know what they're talking and there's about. definitely so, is a skill there too to being able to articulate and sort of totally, educate and totally. teach someone too versus <laughs> you've been there you're good at it obviously you should be able to teach you know yeah, 100%. So yeah, one thing we've uh, we've talked about previously on the podcast and we've kind of gone into, I feel like it, it varies for some golfers. I think on a professional level, it definitely will be a factor. But picking a ball, you know, there's a gigantic market for golf balls all the way from like the TPXs, the super expensive to just your regular mm-hmm. run-of-the-mill jar balls at your, your golf course. So my question is, does it really matter what ball you pick and how do you go about picking what ball you're going to use for a match? That's a great question because I personally believe that the ball might make more of a difference than the clubs that you have in certain cases. In my case, I've been using the same golf clubs for the past seven years. Never had a problem with them. I'm, they're fitted 
for me, mm-hmm. you know, in that case, the ball would matter. Like I shouldn't mm-hmm. be going out there with a rock, you know, like mm-hmm. the evolution of the golf ball has changed more than anything else in, in the game of golf. So I, I think it is pretty important that you're using a ball that's just more up to date. It gets to a point where you get more skilled to where mm-hmm. the ball, the type of ball matters. In my case, I swing the golf club pretty hard. Distance the ball. right there. Yeah. I hit the ball pretty far. So I want to use a softer golf ball. Mm-hmm. There's no point in me using a harder golf ball to get more distance. Mm-hmm. All that stuff, you take that into account. That Believe it or not, there are such things as golf ball fittings. You can get fitted for the type of golf ball. One of my classmates at the school just got fitted for a golf ball. And the Mizuno golf ball. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know Mizuno made golf balls. Like fitted, that's for him. The spin rate was there and that's kind of a more advanced term that's when yeah when you're getting into the real intricate parts yeah, of a spin the real interesting and parts, angle, yeah. launch angle all that yeah I, you yeah know. that that's what they take into account and they kind of just do that in their head and if you're an mm-hmm. advanced golfer they'll let you know that information and they'll tell you like hey this is the type of ball that works best for you but if you are a beginner golfer i'd say you're not breaking 100 yet or you're like keeping it in the high 90s range just use a ball that's like up to date and not stuffed up Something that you're comfortable uh, you don't, with, you know? Yeah, don't use a ball that's seven years old, yeah. like 10 mm-hmm. years old. If you have you're not like pulling a up with the random range balls. ball that you found, you know? Yeah, don't yeah. use a range ball because mm-hmm. most of the time those range balls are flighted. Yeah. And most of the time they're flighted 20%. So that golf ball is not going to go as far mm-hmm. or spin as much. Well, I guess just it'll spin as much, but it won't go as far. You won't get the true yeah. shot. So I'd completely avoid using range balls when you golf. Mm-hmm. Just use something more up to date. I got a perfect ball right here. You know, the, the Srixon Z-Star. Like, n- these are balls that don't cost that much, mm-hmm. that aren't, like, super popular, but pros use them. PGA professionals, yeah. Corn Ferry Tour players, they all use these as range balls. Mm-hmm. Like, there are balls out there that are cheap and affordable and will do the job better than – other balls you're gonna want something that's up to date and something you feel comfortable with though for sure yeah yeah like me personally i gotta say my favorite ball right now has to be like the callaway super softs they're colored so those are good yeah yeah. yeah. they're colored so you know once my shot inevitably ends up in the rough i can point it out from yeah point it out from (laughs) 50 feet away yeah. yeah exactly I think you make a good point, though. You're not going to get the sort of performance that you'd get if you're using a, a regular, like, jar ball from the, the club versus like a, yeah. Yeah, versus a TPX or something. So I think you make a good point. Yeah. Price can be a factor, but it should be something that's a little up to date, but you feel comfortable with. In regards to your shot, so when you're approaching your shot, what are some of like, the main things that you're really looking for when you're coming across your lie? There's a lot of things that a lot of advanced golfers take into account when they walk up to their golf ball. First off, if it's in the fairway, obviously there's not much that you're going to have to worry about. PGA professionals nowadays and Corn Ferry Tour players, the conditions that they use, they're not going to find any trouble in the fairways. Mm -hmm. For a guy like me who's playing on Courses that aren't perfect all the time, you might find yourself in a divot or have like a weird lie, something like that. But in the rough, if your ball's down, that's something you have to take into account. If it's up, 
if it's looking like it's going to be a flyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we call it flyers when they're kind of just like on a tee, basically. Mm-hmm. Sitting on top of the grass, kind of. Ready to shoot out of that rough. You know, you have to take that into account. But the biggest ones, though, are uphill, downhill, if the ball is above or below your feet. Mm-hmm. Phil Mickelson talks about it a lot. He believes that the ball position, like in your stance, is like the most important when it comes to ball being below your feet. Mm-hmm. Like it will go right. The ball is above your feet. The ball will go left. Mm-hmm. So you have to take all that into account because it's just, honestly, there's a lot of physics that's involved in golf. Of and uh, if you're going to just take your natural swing and a ball that's below your feet, make sure you're, you're aiming at least mm-hmm. 15 yards left to the center of the green. And then you get into the rough aspect. If the ball's down, a lot of people don't know this. You have to come really steep at it. You're basically chopping down at it and... Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't get that and they take their normal swing and they chunk it and it goes 20 yards. You know, there's a lot of things that you have to take into account when you first walk up to your golf ball. For sure. You have your think box. I call it think box and then play box. You're standing behind your ball. You're lining it up. You're taking into account everything you're thinking. But as soon as you walk through that ball, you're in the play box. So you basically shut off everything Mm -hmm. and just know what you got to do and just hit your shot. Get focused. Yeah, for sure. So even though you're basically almost a scratch golfer, pretty much, even though you've been golfing for so long, do you ever find yourself making adjustments to your swing when you've been playing, or do you try to keep everything pretty uniform and the same? I always am making adjustments. Every every day, there's a new problem that, that mm-hmm. happens. You know, oh, I'm pulling the ball. It's, it's, it's a pull hook today. Mm-hmm. Okay. One, I'm probably swinging too hard, slow it down, stay on the inside of the golf ball. Say I got a little bit of a push fade going, slow down the hips a little bit. Don't let the hips open up too early. It'll kind of like, I am always making adjustments to my golf swing. The driver is probably one of the clubs that you will like forget how to hit the most where Mm -hmm. it's just like, oh, one day I'm striping the ball. And then the next day I'm all over the place. Slicing everything. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm making I'm making adjustments every day, only because you also play in different conditions every day. You know, of course, the, yeah. uh, if the wind's picking up, right? If the wind is down here in SoCal. The winds can get pretty high. Mm-hmm. Now I know Iowa. I I was a windy place in the Midwest. But yep, Midwest. Yeah, it can get pretty windy down here. I was playing golf the other week, and maybe like 35 to 40 mile an hour winds, almost nice. like impossible to like hit a golf ball into. But you're aiming kind of it. You're yeah. aiming way left just so it can go straight on the fairway. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like you got to hit a fade here. You got to hit a hook draw. You got to hit it low. Hitting it low is probably like one of the more important things to learn as a golfer. Only because like the natural elements is, I would say, twenty percent of the game. Once big, you get it's to one of the biggest level, factor, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, once you get to a certain level, the the elements just become brutal. Exactly. Like, yeah. I'd say once you become more advanced at golfing, you learn how to shape your shots, how to hit a draw, how to hit a fade, how to hit it straight. Just learning how to hit different shots creates new swings. I have a different swing when I hit a hook or a draw or a slice or a fade or a low shot or a high shot. It's all manipulating the club. All right. And then thank you again for coming on. And last question, obviously you're trying to improve your game every day. Is there any specific skills or drills that you find yourself doing on your own time to stay sharp? And is there anything that you would recommend to a beginner that they can do on their own time, whether it's just in their room or if they're at the range or on the course? 
Put the driver back in the golf bag. Take out the putter and walk to the putting green. Once you have your swing down and you know how to hit a golf ball, pull out the putter, pull out the wedges. You're not going to hit every green, but I can guarantee you that you're going to have over 36 putts mm-hmm. in a golf round. Half of your shots are going to be putts. If you shoot 72 and you hit 18 greens in regulation, you have 36 putts that day, which a lot of people don't take into account. Putting, if you can stop three putting, your score is going to drop. I can make and break your day right there. One three putt will Mm -hmm. keep you at a 72 instead of a 71. Yeah. If you're smacking par fives, one under regulation, and you know how to two putt, nice birdie and Mm -hmm. move on. I completely say just get on the putting green. You could still have like three bad shots, but make it to the green and putt for a birdie. But if you're missing, yeah. if you're three or your four putting. Your favorite club could yeah. be your eight iron. Yeah. Exactly. Your favorite club could be your eight iron and then you get to the green and you're shaking over mm-hmm. the putt. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> exactly. You got to get as confident with your putter as you are with your eight iron or pitching wedge and stuff like that. And along with that, for beginner golfers who can't break 100, stop going out of bounds. Or at least do your best to stay away from going OB. I know that's what's keeping you guys above 100. Once you get those balls back into play, you start putting more half of your shots are going out of bounds into the mm-hmm. fairway. You're going to start shooting low 90s. I know for a fact. I mean, you even said it too, putting the driver away and even the woods too. I'd hit my irons off the tee just because I know I could hit it straight. And lo and behold, yeah. my score dropped. I was in par easily instead of having a drive yeah. slice off in the woods, and then I'm stuck trying to get out for three shots. Yeah, I think you make a yeah. good point there. Focus on the short game, the small things. That'll help lower your score. Yeah, for sure. definitely. Well, thank you so much again, Owen, for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate yeah, it. Every, again, this is Owen Shapiro, 22 or 23-year-old, I believe. 22. 22, yep, 22-year-old, professional golf college at uh, Temecula, California. Thank you again. That is it for today's episode. I'd like to thank Owen Shapiro again for joining us. And we hope that you, the listener, were able to take something from today's episode, whether it is you found a new golf ball to use or you found a new way to fix your swing. Hopefully your scores keep dropping and you keep shooting it straight. This is Jackson Palmersheim signing out.